Is there not an entire section on this subject? Yes, that's so unfair. I may have I may have been my mind about Beaver, for example. Is is your is your book for sale about? Yes. I'm not sure. I just go and try and do a better job. Let me Say it like you mean it. This is my vibe. Yo, Trey. What up? I got something to say. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Let Me Tell You, episode 93. I'm your host, the Evangelical Norm. So we are closing in on the end of 2020. Hallelujah, it's almost over. But I'm not so foolish to think that it's just going to end with uh, January 1st, uh, with the way things have gone down, the election, COVID, everything else. We look like It looks like we're in for a long haul through 2021 as well pretty much all the way up to 2024. So strap in. It's going to be an interesting ride, and I will be here with you to go along the way the entire way. So uh, as it happens, we'll talk about it, and hopefully we can figure out a way to uh, break it down and see how we should, as Christians, uh, really be dealing with a lot of these things. So my advice is there for you. Take it or leave it. You know, I'm Tell me how wrong I am in the comments if you want. That's fine. I can handle it. Um, I'm always up for the discussion, uh, which is why I do this. I mean, I, I'm, I'm seriously just here because I feel like God has given me something to say and I want to say it. And I'm, I'm grateful for those of you who are here to listen to it. So with that all being said, share the episode. Share this. And uh, if you're not subscribed yet, hit that subscribe button or mash it, apparently, because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to mash it and and share it and like it and all those other fun things. Or just listen and uh, let me know if you agree or not. I mean, or just carry on because that, that's what we do and that's what I do. And so, yeah, there you go. Uh, all that stuff out of the way. But unless, of course... You know, as we as we close into 2021 and, and beyond, but there are a bunch of people out there that are saying that we're not getting past 2021. It is once again, the end of the world is upon us. It is actually today. Sometime today, um, we're just all supposed to go away, apparently, or something's supposed to happen, whether it's a rapture or the end of the world or whatever. December 21st it just seems to be the the favorite and and. Of course, the 21st of, of multiple months, March, uh, is it June, March, April, May, June, yeah, let's, let's just do math, June 21st, March 21st, September 21st, December 21st, because those are the, the change of seasons, right, the equinoxes and, and so on, um, equinox, solstice, whatever, and uh, so those tend to be the days that people pick to be the end of the world. Um, and, uh, but it just seems like December is like the favorite. And I don't know if it's the proximity to Christmas, if it is the proximity of the onset of winter, whatever it is, people just seem to like to pick December 21st. And then of course you get all kinds of other days. I mean, Harold Camping made a, a lifestyle out of setting days and being wrong about the days of the end of the earth. And so, you know, people are, are still doing it. And I don't know exactly who it is that's saying but the, the things going around social media right now is that my calendar was off by 
eight years. So this is the end. For, for those who are keeping track, if you're keeping score, since I was born, there have been 71 predictions of the end of the world, whether it's rapture or just end, end you know, ELE, uh, end of life event. That is that, that's what it is, extinction, something. So, um, extin- extinction level event, that's what it is, something. Um, who cares? <laughs> but so, again, for those keeping score, we are up to 71. If you want to count, somebody predicted January of 1974, so just a couple months before I was born. But I was, you know, hey, I'm pro-life, I'm, I'm an abolitionist, I was in mama's womb, so I was there, so... We'll just go ahead and make that 72. This now is number 73. Um, so I don't know what it is. And then, you know, if you can you can cut out all the just the weird Mayan and, and all those other things and just focus on the Christian predictions that have been made. I think there's well over 45 of those, if not over 50. I mean, there is the 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 grand majority of these end time predictions are from professing Christians that apparently just refuse to listen to what Jesus said. And when he said, no man knows the day or the hour and every, it seems like most people, you know, I go to a, an all you can eat restaurant. I don't look at that as an offer. I look at it as a challenge. And it seems like when Jesus said, no man knows, not even the son, but only the father knows when the, when the, the son is going to return. All, all y'all Christians just, or uh, what do I want? Revelators decide prophets out there decided to take that as a challenge and not as an actual statement of just be ready because that's the point that Jesus is making in this. It's not that he's saying, well, you can figure out the seasons because yes, he did say, you'll know the times and the seasons, the, the signs of this, of the coming, you'll know those things. Th- that's not Jesus saying, well, you just go ahead and figure that out. He, at no point did Jesus ever say, try to figure out when I'm coming. Never. The point was, be ready for me to come. And that means a couple of things. If you're going to be ready for him to come, it means, one, you've got to be saved. You've got to be repentant. You've got to put your, 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 repent of your sin and put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. That's what you have to do in order to be ready. What does that look like? It means not living in a lifestyle of sin. You know, right, we, we can talk about the issue of struggling with sin versus, you know, if you are walking in a sin that you're not repentant of, if you're not struggling against, fighting against, or anything else, then you, you have to stop and question whether or not you're actually repentant and thus saved. You know, if, if you just, I mean, if you're a dude that is just like every day just pulling up the pornography and, and without a care in the world, then there's a problem. If you're living in a, a, a same-sex relationship, you are ignoring the words of Christ and, you, and you're not living a repentant lifestyle. You're not saved. So that's what it, what it means to be ready is it's not that, you know, we're, we're not perfect. I'm not, you know, not preaching legalism here. But, I mean, we've got to be putting our, our sin to death. You know, we've got to be consistently praying and, and working against, you know, and again, as we grow in holiness, we recognize new sins that we have to deal with. 
you know, is the the big ones go away. You know, pornography is gone, and you know, profanity and whatever you know, whatever things it is that that are, you know, that affect your conscience as as absolutely sinful. I mean, we there are things that are objectively sinful, and there are things that are subjectively sinful. You know, as as uh, you know, whether or not you can read Harry Potter kind of thing. You know, if it, if it's a if God convicts you and says don't do it, then don't do it. If if you're you know, I have a whole lot of friends that enjoy Harry Potter and are not uh, are not sinning in the reading of the books about witchcraft. They're not. So, um, but you're constantly putting to death those sins, and as you're growing in holiness, you're you're discovering new sins. You know, the anger issues or the the uh, whatever. I mean, there's a whole lot of things that we could get to and I'm, I'm getting off topic and just kind of rabbit trailing. But the other thing we need to be doing is sharing the gospel with others. You know, we want to make it to where other people are ready as well. So again, this is not, you know, a slam on people who aren't doing, you know, or aren't out every day doing evangelism. Not everyone is called to be an evangelist, but we are all called to do the work of an evangelist to at, at some point in time share the gospel with those around us somehow some way and it's not just by living the lifestyle i live in utah if that's the case everybody just thinks i'm a mormon right we have to use words i say it every every episode we have to be using words as we are preaching the gospel as we are sharing the gospel with people but we need to be doing that at some point whether that's just within your own home you know that's your first ministry is to to share the gospel with your your children and your wives and your your loved ones that are around you. That's where we start. And then you can move out beyond the the walls of your home. But we should be doing that. That's what Jesus is talking about as being ready. Not setting dates, not, you know, I mean, I'm I'm literally starting my my seventh rapture survivor card. Right? I mean, it, it, it's enough. Quit setting dates. I've I've done I don't know how many episodes on this topic I've done, but stop it. If you're out there and you're trying to figure out what date it is and you're looking at blood moons and 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 the alignments of, of stars and planets and, and whatnot and and trying to figure out if that stop it. Stop it. Repent of your sin, put your trust in the sacrificial work that Christ did for you on the cross, and tell other people about it. That's where it's that that's what you need to do. Quit trying to figure out what day it is. Because I guarantee you, whenever you pick whatever day it is, you're wrong. And you're gonna go down in the the annals of history along with Harold Camping and Hat Robertson and you know whoever else, Edgar Casey and Nostradamus and so on, as being wrong. Guarantee you will be wrong. Nobody knows when Jesus is coming at, back. And, and at some point in time, the Father is going to go, it's time, and he's going to come back, and we'll know. But that's when. But we have to be ready. It means, you again, you have to be killing your sin. Walking forward in, in sanctification and, and growing in holiness. Work on that. If you're not, you're, you're, tremble. And that's, that's a, 
that's my harsh word for the day. There we go. Um, but again, I, I mentioned the the alignments of, of planets. So apparently today, Saturn and Jupiter are going to align. I don't know if it's happened yet, but somewhere. And I don't even know where this came from, but it is all over my social media um, because I have you know, a whole lot of interactions with, with black people on, on social media. Um, but apparently all black people are supposed to be getting some powers today. Um, superpowers. So I don't know. This is, <laughs> so I had to, when I was seeing some of this and, and realized that that was today, I had to go up and, and ask my sister-in-law if she could fly yet. Um, apparently not, hasn't happened yet, but this is weird. I mean, where where does this stuff come from? And, and I'm like, I'm almost feeling like this is even, and I don't know if it's just the fact that I'm watching, uh, you know, guys that I, I have respected in the past, Ishan Burgundy um, and so on, kind of moving down this path towards Hebrew Israelite, which is just really weird in and of itself. But it almost, this whole issue of superpowers almost sounds like it falls in line. I was actually like waiting for um, some videos from Hebrew Israelites today talking about their, the superpowers that were coming because this just feels Hebrew Israelite to me and I don't know why. It's just so weird, the whole... I mean, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to, I don't know where this comes from, where you get in your mind and, and why it, it, it became just like a black people thing. I mean, why, why didn't this become everybody? Because, you know, supposedly some hidden DNA is supposed to be revealed between, because of the alignments of these planets. But have these planets never aligned before? I mean, is it just a 2020 thing? So, yeah, this is just weird. This is, this is something that has just popped up, and I don't even have a frame of reference for it, except to go, we're all one race. I mean... If we're going to start breaking down DNA, I mean, you can really look at the fact that um, you know, scientists and, and so on have, have revealed that it, if you look at the way the genome is, it makes sense that this all goes back to two people, Adam and Eve. God got it right. And we are all one race. We are different ethnicities. We are different colors. God has made his planet beautiful through through different colors and different shades and, and and I could just start going on and singing Shylands God made me and you you know different colors and different shades all fearfully and wonderfully made each according to to God's display God made me and you some uh so yeah I forgot the, the lyrics we listen to it all the time it's one of my daughter's favorites and I love the song but it is reality is the fact that we are all one race we are all one people we look different. We have, you know, cultures and all these things that God intended to make to where there was diversity. But we have got to get back to the idea that we are all one. And not, you know, I mean, it's some of the some of the memes that have come out after this are kind of scary. I mean, I mean, there is a, a, a hatred that has come out in some of this. I mean, there are some some vile, vile there are some really funny ones, um, but there are some some horrifying. You know, there is a, a hatred out there, and 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 again, I'm not saying it's an un. Well, I can't say that. 
how do I describe it? I can understand why, you know, again, looking at things from reality view, um, you can under, I won't say it's not, it's an unfounded hatred because it is unfounded. It is, it's, it should not be, but the reason it's there is something that we can look at and understand. I don't agree with it. I would pray that through, again, through the preaching of the gospel, because I'm one of those guys. I'm one of those guys that does believe that the preaching of the gospel can fix this. Because it is ultimately the changing of a heart. And and so, yeah, we passed laws and there's there's still issues and stuff like that. I'm a guy that I believe that that the definition of systemic racism is was in the mandated laws and so on that were on the books and were there. And now that those are gone, we still have to deal with the individual hearts. Are there uh, organizations in the government or stuff that are still run by people who, who are racist? Sure. Does that feed down through the, the activities of those organizations, whether they're banks or stores or restaurants, businesses, whatever they are, absolutely. How do we change that? We have to change the hearts. How do we do that? We have to preach the gospel. The only way I'm ever going to get a racist man to stop being racist, it's not going to be through science and and evidence or anything. It is going to be through the preaching of the gospel and the regeneration, the, the stony heart of the racist removed and replaced with the, the fleshy heart of the Christian who loves his fellow man. And that's, that's how we do it. That's where I am, and I know there are a whole lot of people that don't agree with that, that don't think that, but that is where we are. And that's why I'm out on the streets when I am. And it's why I'm not just you know, proclaiming to one people. I'm not just going to the Mormons. I mean, a lot of times I'm out and I deal with that. You know, it's general conference or whatever, but I'm willing to go out on the street and talk to anybody. I'll go, you know, Mark Cahill made a a great comment one time a while back. Whenever Satan throws a party in my town, I should be there. Whenever there is a large gathering of people in our cities, we should be there proclaiming the gospel because that's how we get the gospel out. I mean, we can go knock on doors and get doors slammed in our faces, and there's nothing wrong with that. We can do that. If that's a, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a door-to-door guy. You know, again, I don't make my thing your thing. I don't think everybody has to be out at the state fair or whatever. But that, that's my thing. I want to go out where there are huge crowds of people and talk to as many of them as I can. Some people want to just go door-to-door and knock on the doors. And talk to as few people as, as they can on an individual basis, right? Both are fantastic ways of getting out the, the gospel. You may go to, to LDS gatherings, whatever it is, but wherever we should be proclaiming the gospel. Whether it's abortion clinics, we don't go out there and just talk politics and, and so on. I mean, girl the other day, this, this past Friday at, at Planned Parenthood that was like, you know, we asked, are you here for Planned Parenthood? And yeah, and I'm a Republican too. Well, it had nothing to do with Republican or Democrat. We're there proclaiming the gospel and, and trying to save the lives of babies. And then, of course, she was like, well, leave women alone. Well, what if that, what if that child in your womb is a woman? Why aren't you leaving her alone? Right? And so we proclaim the gospel. We preach the gospel. It's not politics or anything like that.
It is, it is absolutely all about the preaching of the gospel, calling people to repentance and faith in Christ, and seeing lives change. That's how we end racism. That's how we end hatred and and you know political strife and so on is through the preaching of the gospel. And so again, I just as I said, you know, being ready. We need to be doing that in our home with our children and then whatever capacity God gives you to do that beyond the four walls of your home, go do that. However it is that you're called. If it means you get on a microphone with a camera like this and proclaim the gospel through the internet, you know, and and you only have 120 subscribers to your YouTube channel like I have. And if that's what God is calling you to do, that's fantastic. Do it. If you're a Kurt Kennedy or a Stract or a Shylin or Ivy Connerly or any of those guys, Dusty Marshall, now I feel bad if I don't name them all and they're going to think that I don't like them. Josh Kreese, I just got to keep going. And, you're, and God has given you a gift to write rhymes and put them over a beat and then proclaim the gospel to the masses. Do that. Do it like that. Whether it's lyrical theology or I can't remember what, what Kurt is calling his stuff now. But uh, polititheology kind of thing, realitheology. Yeah, I mean, you gotta go. I'm, I'm gonna sidetrack here again. You gotta go get Kirk Kennedy's new album, Reporting Live. I mean, it is, I've said on like all of the ones that have happened up to this point, C4, Appendix, uh, Philosophy, beyond that. I'm like, Kurt just keeps writing the soundtrack to our society right now. And I mean, he did the same thing on this last album. So go pick it up. I'll be doing a, an unsolicited review of that album here probably sometime next week. Um, it's, it's definitely going to be after Christmas. Um, because again, I, I don't want to just listen a few times and give a superficial. I like to really dig in and get as much as I can out of an album especially with, with all the nuance and the layers that are in Kurt's stuff I mean, you gotta sit down almost with a pen and a, a pencil and study the stuff that he's doing so that'll come out soon enough but <coughs> <coughs> excuse me sorry COVID not really but yeah it's it, the preaching of the gospel Jesus Jesus is what's going to change the world and that brings us to, you know, the, the end of this episode as we're coming up. It is December 21st. That means we are four days away from, from celebrating the birth of Christ. And no, I don't believe he was born on December 25th. Um, more likely in the sometime in the spring. But this is the day we celebrate. We celebrate. And, and, and again, my favorite Christmas song and I had never heard it. I know there's a whole lot of people who have done it. But my favorite version and my favorite Christmas song is Go Fish's version of It's About the Cross. I probably should I should have got that on and played the song. And uh, I may see if I can multitask and get that up here and get that in um, so we can listen to that and end the episode with that. But it is about the cross. It is about Christmas isn't just about... Um, sorry, I can't multitask apparently. <laughs> uh, Christmas is not just about the baby Jesus. I, I, I don't know how many Christmas Eve sermons and Christmas sermons I have preached 
and I make this point all the time because we tend to, and okay, here, let's rabbit trail uh, again one more time with uh, um, Baby Yoda. <laughs> you know, there's so many people, I, I, I have a lot of fun. One of the, one of the girls I know, um, Carrie is, she just loves this show, the, the Mandalorian. I thought it was good. I mean, I, I was not as blown away by it as everybody else was, but I mean, by no means did I think it was a horrible uh, movie or, or t- series or anything like that. It was good. But I mean, so many people, I mean, it, this, the Mandalorian kind of had the feel that Avatar, however many years ago, I mean, I'm almost waiting for is this season finale is done and gone and um, you know, they've, they've pushed off to, uh, I, I think it's 2021 is when the next, uh, the, the next season starts Christmas of 2021. And, uh, I'm almost like waiting for the people who are get, going into this depression like they did after Avatar. But if the funny thing is, is she refuses to call him by the name that the show revealed was his name was Grogu right his name is Grogu um no I refuse to call him Grogu he's baby Yoda he's baby Yoda and all well his name was never actually baby Yoda no one within the show ever called him baby Yoda he was called the child and then he was or the kid and then he was uh Grogu when his name was given so um but people are like no I refuse to call him that I'm gonna call him baby Yoda and blah 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 we get that same kind of situation with Christmas. You know, Grogu is going to grow up. If you're looking at the reality of the uh, the Star Wars canon, spoiler spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Mandalorian, um, you know, skip forward to the YouTube video that I'm going to be playing here in a few minutes and, and skip this part. Um, but if with Luke Skywalker coming, the spoiler alert is there now and becoming the the guy who trained which i called i i i'm i'm sorry i some so many people are like oh this show is so i found it to be fairly predictable and so when grogu is in the beam of light and he's reaching out to whatever jedi is out there that might come and train him doing his thing i was like he's calling luke luke is going to show up and uh and then, of course, there's one X-Wing fighter shows up. It's Luke. I knew it was Luke. So, um, pat myself on the back. I got it. Uh, but we have the, he's going to grow up. And if you look at Star Wars canon, the likelihood of Grogu becoming a red lightsaber shish kebab by Kylo Ren is the reality of what his future holds. Because if Luke is training him, he's going to be training right alongside Ben Solo, who turns to the dark side and kills all the Jedi that Luke are training, except for those who followed him, the Knights of Ren. So there you go. Spoiler alert. But with the reality of Christmas is it's not about the baby. Yes, it is important to recognize that God incarnate became a human being. He was he was a uh, a single cell However, God made that happen because it didn't come from a fertilized egg. There was no fertilization of that egg in the physical manner. That egg was fertilized by God somehow. 
But then just like every other human baby from that state, from that egg and that miraculous fertilization of that egg, he grew through the stages of what we would call a zygote, an embryo, and, and so on, and fetus. All the same terminology for a human being at a different stage of development of other human beings. And then he was born, and then he grew, and he lived the perfect life without ever sinning so that he could go to the cross and pay the penalty for your and my sin if we would be willing to repent and put our faith and our trust in him. So it is truly the Christ, Christmas is about the cross. I love Hobby Lobby every year in newspapers. They put out an ad and I, I usually pull those ads and do like a slideshow of them. I didn't this year, but the, my favorite one that they did is, uh, I think it, I can't remember what the picture is that was on there. I, I don't know if it's like the, there's, there's one picture out there of like a young like toddler or child Jesus bending over and picking up nails off of the floor of Joshua, uh, Joshua, Joseph's um, carpentry shop. And then the, as he's bending over, somehow the shadow of this, this child is a cross. But my favorite Hobby Lobby ad was that um, across the, the manger is the shadow of the cross or something like that. I did a tweet a few years ago um, and I, I actually preaching a sermon, uh, there are a couple of people who have quoted me on this before. I can never, I, I said it once and I don't know that I ever got it right, but the, the light bursting forth from the empty tomb cast the shadow of the empty cross across the empty manger of Bethlehem. Essentially, all these things go together, the, the resurrection, the crucifixion and the incarnation all have to happen or else none of it means anything. So none of them are separate from the others or more important or more key to any other thing because without an incarnate Christ, the crucifixion was just another man who died on the cross. Without the crucifixion, there is no resurrection. Without the resurrection, it's all, it doesn't even have a, a, a it's a, a tragic story. So all these things working together, it's all about, and it comes back to the cross, which is the, the, the crux of, of everything. It is the place where God's love and God's judgment was perfectly displayed upon the, the person of Jesus Christ so that those of us who will repent and put our faith and our trust in him will have eternal life, will be saved. And so that is the, the key that is the important um, thing to know and to, to recognize and understand um, is that, uh, that even though it, it's Christmas and we, you know, we talk about the baby Jesus and we have our nativity scenes and, and stuff like that, we have to recognize that it is... Um, that it is about the cross. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting this video set up for us so um we can play that and we will end the episode with the playing of this song um and my favorite version of this song so just getting that set up for us right now so we can go to um go fish and this is a, a just a cutesy little
uh, cartoon video that is made for it. I don't know that I've ever actually seen this video, so hopefully it's not uh, horrible. But here we go. Go fish. It's about the cross. This is going to be how we wrap up um, this episode. So. It's not just about the manger where the baby lay. It's not all about the angels who sang for him that day. It's not just about the shepherds or the bright and shining star. It's not all about the wise men who traveled from afar. It's about the cross. It's about my sin. It's about how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. It's about the stone that was rolled away so that you and I could have real life someday. It's about the about the cross it's about the cross sorry it gets me every time 
Um, that whole line about it's about every drop of blood that flowed from him when it should have been me. That's why we celebrate, guys. If it wasn't for the crucifixion, we would know nothing about the incarnation, because it wouldn't be. It would. It would be just a, a different thing. It would be not true. It would be. If it wasn't for the resurrection, we wouldn't know about any of it. If it wasn't for the fact that Jesus called those twelve men to repentance and faith in Him and walked with them, and then sent them out with a gospel message that we all have. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded commanded you, and surely I am with you till the very end of the age. Those men were given that message, and we have that message. And the only way we're going to see that the hatred of... Uh, politics and racism and all those things that we are dealing with in our country the only time we're going to see that go away is by preaching that gospel and seeing people's hearts changed and seeing people's minds changed and change repentance metanoia literally means to change the way you think and until we can truly see people change the way they think and that's it's by the preaching of the gospel and it's not we do it's not us that do does it it's not my words or, or my eloquence or anything it is the power of the holy spirit and he just uses me but he does it all it's him who does the regeneration it's him who does the changing and we just trust that he's given us the true message to go and to preach and that that he will take care of the rest of it he will save those that he's going to save, and he will, those who he doesn't are condemned already. And, and again, we just took this to a whole other place, and people are going to be angry about that. But the reality is, is we've been given a message. We've been given a gospel, a good news that nothing else can, can, can fix. For, for those that are, are in fear of the death from COVID and so on, the gospel is the only thing that can give them peace. It doesn't mean that they're not going that there aren't going to be people who die, but it means that we can provide peace of knowledge of what is beyond this mortal sphere. We have to preach the gospel. And we have to make sure that, that everybody knows that this time of the year is not just about gifts and, and babies and, and stuff like that. It's about the cross. It is about the cross of Jesus Christ, the penalty the, for sin that he paid so that if you will be able, willing to repent and put your faith and your trust in him, that he will be faithful to forgive you of your sins, reconcile you to the Father, give you his righteousness, and ensure your eternal life. That's the message that we've been given. And that is the gospel that we have to preach at all times. And we have to use words because they are absolutely necessary. And until next week, Soli Deo Gloria.